everyone, welcome back to Honestly Hannah, a podcast hosted by me, Hannah Coda, um, where I share all my honest opinions about all things going on in the world. I'm treating this podcast like a diary, and trust me, I have a lot to say. Welcome to this week's episode. Happy Pride! It's Pride Month, um, and this episode is going to be all about pride, um, all about terms, um, debunking some myths, uh, some combos in the community, and yeah, I have a guest back with me. This is her second episode, Imani Ray. You want to say hi to your audience? Hi, everyone. I'm Imani Ray, and I'm so glad to be back. Thank you so much, <laughs> Hannah, for having me on again. Um, if you do not remember who I am, I am the owner of Brown Collective. I'm a tarot reader and astrologer, and I'm also part of the LGBTQ community. So I'm so glad to be here. Yes. Um, full disclosure, Imani and I just spent the last four hours <laughs> having a conversation, and we literally just looked up and was like, oh, my God. We've been talking for four hours and nothing about what we're about to talk about. Yeah. So you guys are going to get fresh content from us. Um, in this episode, I have a feeling a lot of people are probably going to click on this episode because I get a lot of questions about this um, just from people who I guess are a little more unaware and want to know more and obviously don't want to offend anyone. Um, so yeah, I think we can probably set the tone there, mm-hmm. um, with probably our credentials, right? And like our, um, knowledge of the, of the community, right? Yeah. Um, so we both graduated with, um, well, at least one of our degrees. We mm-hmm. both have multiple degrees. <laughs> um, one of our degrees is in women's studies, mm-hmm. specifically mine, which I don't even know if you know this. My uh, degree is in women, sexuality, and gender yeah, studies. Yeah, All three? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've taken multiple courses on this, um, multiple, have studied multiple theories um, in just regards to a lot of different things within the community. Um, so we do have some some knowledge yeah. and we're not just like talking about our own experiences. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Imani, you own a brand um, mm-hmm. that is um, a queer brand or what would you say, like a non-fluid brand? Yeah, so I do label my brand as gender neutral and the reason why I do that is I found it really important to, when I first started learning tarot, to make sure that it was inclusive. So a lot of the, um, way people would talk about tarot was like feminine energy or masculine energy. So I don't talk about it in that way at all. I also just talk about energy as being fluid, as being general, and I also make sure when I'm using pronouns, I'm referring to that exact person. I don't really refer to, like, for example, if it's a queen energy, I will just say <laughs> that this energy embodies this specific thing. Yeah. Um. So I feel like that is really important is to not really um, gender the cards, which a lot of people sometimes do. Mm-hmm. And I also found it really important to ask everyone their pronouns mm-hmm. um, when doing sessions. So that's something that I also incorporate as well. Yeah, and I feel like you just hit a lot of things that I already want to start defining. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of this episode, we're going to define a lot of terms, Mm -hmm. um, just kind of set the bar for like what we want to talk about later on. Um, Then we'll have some combos about, you know, I feel like some controversial things um, in the community, as well as just like some commercial and like pop culture things that I want to talk about um, that I've already kind of shared with Imani you know, when going into talking about this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the first thing 
I guess that we should define like in general, um, the difference between queer, non-fluid, uh, gender non-conforming, um, which in my head kind of just all mean the same thing, but maybe people don't know that because I know mm. like queer uh, meant something completely different. Like back in the eighties, you know, it was a derogatory term mm -hmm. and people like, I, I'm sure if like someone from my dad's generation heard me saying that would be like, oh, like that doesn't offend you. And mm -hmm. the answer is no. So queer um, has been, um, what is it called? Um, it's been reclaimed. Reclaimed. Yeah. There we go. And basically it's an empowering word now. Mm -hmm. And queer, I guess, is where I kind of want to start um, is an umbrella term, mm -hmm. or at least that's how it was just described to me, and that's how I use it. Um, queer is an, um, an umbrella term for the LGBTQIA plus community. Mm -hmm. um, and then let's like talk about that a little bit. So L, lesbians, yes. <laughs> gay, mm -hmm. bi, trans, mm -hmm. Q for queer, mm -hmm. I... For intersex. intersex. A has, for me, it's interchangeable. I've heard it used multiple ways, either for asexual or for ally. Mm -hmm. And then plus, because there are other things that you can identify yeah, with. Yeah, there's so many things. It's yeah. It's a spectrum. And that's, I think, what I want to really dig in deep. Everything we talk about on today's podcast is, I guess, the main idea is that everything's on a spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um. I think a lot of an older generation's, like, mindset is, like, no, like, this is not how it was when I grew up, and, like, it has to be so black and white. In this generation, especially, I think, like, with Gen Z coming up, not so many things are black and white anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think we're really starting to blur the lines with everything. Mm -hmm. Um and really move toward a society where you don't have to fit in a little box. And, like, that's where, like, again, this queer word comes in. Mm -hmm. uh, gender nonconforming, I, I think, can be interchangeable with fluid. Mm -hmm. um, basically, it just means that, yeah, you don't fit into the male or female dichotomy or you don't feel like you're really one or the other it's somewhere in between or someone on somewhere on the outskirts mm -hmm. it's a spectrum gender non-conforming um or fluid which I feel like we're starting to hear a lot more mm -hmm. or what people like to say non-binary yeah like I'm thinking of like Jonathan Van Ness I think mm -hmm. he says non-binary yeah, and I think it's also really important to mention the difference between um, sexuality and gender. Oh, because, 100%. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily related as people think it is. Um, so sexuality is what you are attracted to, you know, who you want to date, who you want to be with, everything like that. And um, gender yeah. and well, gender yeah. is who you identify yeah. with. It is everything about you and your identity. Yeah. However, we do mix them up in the same group. Mm -hmm. I mean, even with LGBTQIA plus like the I. Mm -hmm. um, so for those of you who don't know, I guess we could start going into that too. Yeah. Um, gender and sex are two different things. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about sexual orientation right now, meaning you're straight, lesbian, gay, bi, mm -hmm. pan, um, sexual, yeah. like whatever. We're not talking about sexual orientation. We're talking about um, gender and sex, right? Mm -hmm. What you identify with and what was given to you at birth. Yeah. So what many people don't know, mm -hmm. and it shocked me in college when I found out, 
there obviously is a difference between gender and sex. Mm -hmm. Sex is what you are assigned at birth. Yeah. So literally the doctor says you either have male male genitalia, Mm -hmm. female genitalia, or there's actually a third option, which is intersex, meaning you have some combination or you have some other things going on where you would have either a a combination of male Mm -hmm. and female genitalia. Um, I mean, yeah, it would just be a combination. Mm -hmm. Or there is obviously something else going on where they can't determine whether it's just male or just female genitalia. Mm -hmm. So there's actually three types of sexes. It's not just male and females. Um, There are intersex people out there. And I believe the last time I looked it up, I think it's like one in every hundred thousand. Yeah, so the percentage, I think it's like... I think it's less than 9% or something. Yeah, I was about Um, to say the first, like, stop that came to my head was 10%. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's about that. But that definitely was from a few years ago. I remember um, learning about that in college and being really interested in it because I feel like a lot of people don't share it. A right. lot of people don't I mean, talk it's about very it. very intimate. Um, And I think also, it, I feel like it also brings up the conversation of how important gender is to our identities as well. It's so Mm -hmm. important for us to be able to identify ourselves and how we feel. Um, And I think that's very important, especially when with intersex people, because, you know, they might have been assigned a certain gender at birth and they might not relate to it. They might not resonate with it. They might feel a certain way. And so I feel like that's why it's so important. And this is different than trans people. Yeah. So we're talking Mm -hmm. about something completely different here. This is, we're talking about your biological, Mm -hmm. your physical genitalia. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about what you identify really as. It is what you have been assigned. Yeah. Um, So it's it's a little different. I just want to make sure that everybody understands that those are two completely Mm -hmm. different things. Yeah, so being intersex is completely different um, than being trans. And I know sometimes at birth, um, they can assign a gender to, like, a specific gender to intersex people. Mm -hmm. And they can be, you know, grow up in that way and not resonate with it as well. So I think it's kind of, it's definitely interesting to also, I guess, mention that too. Mm -hmm. I mean, the odds are is that you probably have either been friends with or known someone that was intersex um and it's a potentially like they might not have even know um there are cases where the parents um at birth are told to make a decision Mm -hmm. based on you know what type of genitalia they may have and you know obviously that's all very personal stuff yeah and so I don't think somebody would like just openly share that they might um and they might feel comfortable and be at a point of their lives where they are willing to share that but um yeah it's a very personal thing that I don't think I think there's a stigma around it you know Mm -hmm. of like someone saying that they're intersexed yeah um so that's sex now mm-hmm. we're going to talk about gender which again a lot of people I feel like use this interchangeably um they say gender but they really mean sex mm-hmm. like for instance gender reveal parties yeah <laughs> I wanted to talk about this early but I have to bring it up right now it is not a gender reveal party and everybody that's like super close to me knows that I hate when people say this mm-hmm. I hate it is not a gender reveal party. Mm-hmm. It is a sex reveal party. Yeah. It is a sex reveal party, meaning that the doctor has assigned a sex to your baby. Now, gender is something completely different. Mm-hmm. Gender 
is associated to masculinity and femininity, mm-hmm. meaning that late, I mean, I'm assuming later on in life, I think it's around age four mm-hmm. when we decide what our gender is going to be like chemically in your brain. There is a developmental aspect to it of when you hit age four um, of when you start identifying as a boy or a girl or something in between or some, again, something on the outskirts. Um, and it is completely different. It could be completely different than what you were assigned at birth. Yeah. And I think this is also important to mention because a lot of parents might wonder like, well, how do I know if my kid is trans or how do I know, you know, what they identify as? And there's so many times at young ages, you can, you, I don't know, you can just know right away and kids will show you their true selves or how they want to present themselves to the world. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times parents can, you know, be a little bit like, oh, like I, you know, like how do kids know this so early? But Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, kids really do know who they are a Mm -hmm. lot sooner than sometimes adults even know Mm -hmm. and they're able to express it in a way because they don't really have that you know shame or that guilt from the world yet so I feel like but um, also there is something chemically going on in their in their brain there Mm -hmm. really is a developmental aspect that happens in a child's brain Mm -hmm. that happens around I believe ages three and four Mm -hmm. um, where they start determining their own um likings their own wants their own uh like you said representation Mm -hmm. out to the world um so yeah and I mean I'm not a parent you're not a parent I don't want to teach you and like tell (laughs) you how you should be parenting your children but I definitely think if your kid um starts expressing themselves in a certain way just allow them to express it obviously I I hope that they're not hurting anyone Mm -hmm. I mean obviously don't let them hurt anyone or like you know just yeah as long as they're not hurting anyone I would just say let them express themselves the way that they want to yeah so sex and gender two different things Mm -hmm. one is assigned at birth one is something you really determine later on in life and again you could be the most feminine person in the world but I feel like we all have a spectrum of Mm -hmm. masculinity and femininity in all of us, whether you are cisgender, Mm -hmm. meaning you, you associate um, your gender with what was your sex at birth, meaning Mm -hmm. I was a female, Mm -hmm. and I was assigned as a female at birth. And I also identify as a woman. Mm-hmm. meaning I am cisgender. However, at birth, if I was assigned as a female, however, later on in life or, you know, whenever I can make my own decisions, I now believe that I am a man and I am more towards masculine, more masculine, then I would not be cisgender. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am a cisgender woman. Oh. I, I don't think I've ever asked you. Oh, I am. Yes. You're a cisgender woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so that's also a term I feel like sh- that should probably be out there. People are like yeah. the cis community. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. So a lot of people do talk about it, but yeah. So it just basically means you identify with what you were assigned at birth is basically what it means. Yeah, um, and then we go into a whole nother world again. Two different things with sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry. I guess we should talk about trans then mm-hmm. um, before we go into sexual orientation because trans, whether you're a trans man, trans woman, or gender nonconforming, non-binary, that all goes under gender identity as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and not <laughs> and not have anything to do with sexual orientation. Just because you are a trans woman doesn't mean that you are attracted to men. You could also be attracted to women or non-binary uh, people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a gender identity is very much its own category. And yes, we do put it a lot in the same category. We assume if some if a woman is maybe more masculine than feminine, then she's probably a lesbian. That's just, like, the way society is right now, unfortunately. Um, or, like, you know, vice versa. If, if a woman is really, really feminine, mm-hmm. then and then she comes out as a lesbian, it's like, how are you a lesbian, you know? Mm-hmm. These stereotypes are so, so, so harmful and so wrong sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I know a lot of people are going to have some opinions about everything that we just said but everything that we just said is backed up by research years Mm -hmm. and years and years of it um as well as you know people from the community that I'm sure can confirm or maybe even deny it so everything that we just talked about in terms of sex and gender um if you have someone in your life Mm -hmm. that is um maybe not cisgender or gender non-conforming have this conversation with them, you know? Yeah, and I feel like it's really important to, like, when someone maybe is um, transitioning and things like that, um, language is so important to use. Um, the first thing I always ask someone in general um, is their pronouns, and some people don't know how to go about asking people's pronouns, but mm-hmm. how I ask is I just say, hi, I'm Imani, my pronouns are she, her, what are yours? Mm-hmm. Or if you feel comfortable sharing, what are yours? And usually people, once they recognize that you're saying your name and pronouns, they'll do the same. Mm -hmm. And um, I just feel like that's really helpful. That's really respectful. And that's something I did learn in my college classes. We always ask people's pronouns. Mm -hmm. You always remember people's pronouns. And if you cannot remember someone's pronouns, you just refer to them by their name. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people do get confused for some reason because, like, if you refer to someone as them... um, to clear up that confusion, usually I just mention the person's name first. Correct. And then when we're talking about them again, mm-hmm. then I'm just saying, oh, well, they like to do this or we're going to go with them. Um, so because some people were trying to just make comments about certain things. But yeah. yes, you can still make sense of the sentence by simply saying their name first and then referring to them as them. And mm-hmm. everyone will know what you're referring to. Yeah. And so I feel like that's another thing that's really important also if someone changes their name um I noticed recently you know people want to be called something else they want to be able to fit who they feel inside they want to name themselves and um for example if it's someone you've known for a while and they recently changed their name it could be maybe a friend that you know or someone like Mm -hmm. that and you want to ask them you know their new name or their new pronouns or whatever Mm -hmm. You can easily just say, like, oh, like, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, What name do you prefer me to call you by? Or, right. or not even prefer. What is your, you know, new name? Or what can I refer to you as? Like, mm-hmm. anything like that I feel like is really helpful and um, really helps people, too. And then also if someone does accidentally get misgendered or something mm-hmm. like that, um, as an ally, as a friend, it's so important to speak up and to be like, oh, like, you mean he or you mean she or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens, you know, where someone will be referring to someone as someone's dead name. And sorry, a dead name is the name that um, when a person transitions, it was their first name, mm-hmm. like before. 
And so sometimes people will use like a dead name and then you can easily just be like, oh, like this is their name now Mm -hmm. or however you would like to phrase it. But I just think those are just a few things I wanted to mention. Yeah, no, for sure. And I definitely think that um, we're all not perfect. Obviously, Mm -hmm. like this is going to be very new to some people. Um, And I just think I I get questions sometimes because a lot of people know that obviously I'm an ally and like obviously I I know a lot of terminology about Mm -hmm. this community. And so they'll just they'll ask me like certain questions when they um, are you know, talking to someone who is non-binary or maybe on the spectrum or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, how do I approach them? And it's like, y'all, like, they're just <laughs> normal people like you and I. Um, and not only that, I'm sure that, that they would appreciate mm-hmm. you being straight up and asking them instead of, like, tiptoeing around this subject. And I could be wrong. Not everyone is like this. So obviously have those conversations. But, like, if if you are finding yourself in a situation where you feel awkward or you might not know how to address someone, literally just ask them, mm-hmm. hey, what are your pronouns? Um, or, hey, what would you like me to call you? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that you feel comfortable and just let them know. Um, if you are an ally, which you should be, um, you know, because we're all just humans and there's yeah. no reason um, I truly feel for you to put someone else down regardless of the reason um, just because of, of a name mm-hmm. or language. Yeah. A little silly to me. Um, I think we should also mention what non binary means or what it is. Um, I feel like a lot of people have been wondering about that too. Mm-hmm. And so, non binary is just basically um, can mean a few different things. I feel like it looks really different for each person. Mm-hmm. So, it can be, you know, embracing both sides of the spectrum. Right, right, right. Or it could be neither yeah it could be neither so I feel like it's a mixture of both like for some people it's about embracing your masculine embracing your feminine for some people it's like I don't want anything to do with gender I just want to be myself and um you know recently Demi Lovato um she's or sorry they are non-binary and I think Demi might go by both Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But for now, I'll go by they. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just thought that was a really um, good way to bring that conversation because, you know, even for like my family, like we watched it on the news or it was like on news. And so I explained it to my grandma and I explained Mm -hmm. it to my mom and like, you know, it was just a really good conversation to have. And I feel like certain like um, when certain stuff like that happens, like it's nice to be able to explain it and understand it and also just um relate to it too so Mm -hmm. I really was so glad when Demi finally was able to express themselves as they truly are and so yeah and Demi even mentioned that you know this may change in the future Mm -hmm. that they're just like trying to figure it out you know um which I think a lot of people are you know um Another thing that I want to mention, too, is I, I just know that people are going to be very skeptical of this of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I really want to mention uh, that helped me understand a little bit more 
is that this is not something new. <laughs> um, it is in Western society, aka American society, um, and culture, however, um, a third gender or non-binary genders, meaning that there's not just a male and a female, um, has existed in our history for generations upon generations. And the the proof is there, you know, um, mm -hmm. in Native American cultures, yeah. they have something called two-spirited. Um, a lot of, I believe it's Hawaiian and Samoan cultures have mm -hmm. something similar. It's not just like male and female. Um you know, and it's 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 in a lot of different cultures within history. So for those who are like, no, 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 there's only a man and a woman and that's it. And if you want to start bringing religion into it, actually, if you really start going back and doing your research along with all types of history, um, as well as just like in the animal kingdom, mm -hmm. there are a lot of even primates that mate with the same sex and it has everything to do with just their nature and yeah. um like seahorses and stuff seahorses um i was even thinking of maybe penguins they, or do they do something weird i don't know um yes and but i'm thinking more of um it's a certain type of monkey it's not a monkey it's a um orangutan <sighs> a primate it's it's a certain type of primate oh. um i'm forgetting the name um but there are a lot of different species as you know if you don't want to, com to be compared to an animal again in a lot of different cu cultures in our history there are more than just two different genders and two different sexes yeah um as well as a billion different sexual orientations and in a lot of um history they were considered um healers or they had a very specific um role in that society and that culture mm -hmm. and were actually looked up upon so if you're interested i'll probably link some articles and some um some papers down below so you mm -hmm. can read it for yourself that whole aspect of um like the history of LGBTQIA guest community mm -hmm. um, really, really interested me because we're in a society and in a culture right now where things are very binary. Mm -hmm. And honestly, not just with like um, a gender and sexual orientation, but just this entire country right now seems yeah. a little split, um, whether you're on the right or the left. And it's like, no, like we actually do. There are some stuff in the middle and it's all on a spectrum, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the last thing I just wanted to find is heteronormative. Um, so I feel like recently we have seen a lot of coming out stories mm -hmm. and that whole culture around coming out and some people feeling like they don't have to come out um, because they because straight people don't come out. Yeah. You, I, like, I'm not going to come out to you or my family and be like, yeah, like, I like men. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's kind of just assumed. Um, so heteronormative means that you live in a society where most of the culture is, quote unquote, straight. Yeah. Um, and I really think that we need to start getting away from this type of society. I think we should start really just embracing, like, everyone for who they are and not mm -hmm. really have and no one should have to come out yeah um i think it's a great thing and it's an empower thing empowering thing but even i follow a lot of uh youtubers like rachel ballinger like she didn't want to have a huge coming out story because like who cares like unless i'm yeah. dating you like what does that matter you mm -hmm. know and it's also my personal life like eh, you know 
Yeah, I feel like definitely, I feel like the coming out thing is hard um, for most people that go through it because even if your family is so accepting and no one cares and everything's great, it's still... It's still hard to have to know that you live in a world that doesn't accept you for who you are. And yeah. so I think having people come out can be really empowering and can be really amazing, but it can also just be so terrifying because there's just so many things where it's like, it's almost like passing. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like when back in like, you know, back in the day and stuff where you know, black people had to pass as being white to be able to have certain privileges. It's almost the same thing now where people have to pass as being straight to for certain things. And it's like, no one should have to live like that. People should just be able to be truly authentically themselves. And I just think about like, how many times people weren't able to live themselves because they felt like they had to come out and right. because they felt like they had to tell the world, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing. And Instead and, like, of, cool. If yeah. that empowers you and, and you feel like you need to do that, then okay. But I just don't think it should be the standard that you have to, you know? Yeah, and I think it doesn't have to be this big old thing where you have to make this announcement if you don't want to. Um, I think it's just – it's very personal, and I think it's just based off of what the person wants to do. Right. Yeah. So those are some terms. I hope it clarified a little bit for all of you who were wondering or maybe just didn't know how to approach a situation. Um, next, we're just going to talk about some things that are going on in the community. I really want to hear your take on it, Imani, mm-hmm. um, as well as just like going back to the original like uh, theme for this month with this month, which is friendships and love. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about, you know, having friends that potentially might come out to you later in life or come out to you in general and like how to keep and maintain those friendships and be a, a good friend. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and jump into that. So I want to talk about some different topics mm-hmm. about the community. Um, First, I just want to, well, I already kind of went over gender reveals. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're sex reveals, not gender reveals. Um, but something that's, like, been happening in L.A., um, WeHo. So it's Pride Month. Mm-hmm. When I think of Pride, the first place I think of is WeHo and how much I want to go to WeHo. Now, me, as someone in, who is in a heterosexual relationship, meaning I am with a man, um, and me going to WeHo, probably either with him or even without him, like, I feel like is very stereotypical right now. There are a lot of quote-unquote straight people right now that have kind of taken over WeHo. So WeHo, for those of you who are listening from other parts of the country or outside of the country, um, because I do have international listeners. Isn't that crazy? Worldwide. Um, Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Uh, WeHo stands for West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of West Hollywood is, like, um, considered this part of WeHo, um, but most of the bars and clubs on Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood um, is to refer to as WeHo. Mm-hmm. The past couple years, again, it's it's really was meant for the LGBTQIA plus community, mm-hmm. but has been taken over by straight people. And I feel like a lot of people in general are upset about this. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about it. 
But here's my thing. I love WeHo. I absolutely love WeHo. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it there. It is the most freeing place I feel like you could ever go to. No one really has a lot of ill intentions. I feel like everybody's just there trying to have a good time, whether you're like at one of the smaller bars or like the Abbey, which the Abbey is like mm-hmm. the main like WeHo bar um, that you would go to. And it's just always a great time. I never li- leave WeHo, you know, ending in a fight or like I saying that I had a bad time. I always have a good time in WeHo. And it's because of the energy that it gives off. Mm-hmm. It's so freeing and just so, like, happy. Everyone is just so happy. Um, but I know that me being straight is not <laughs> probably the place I should be going because it is, like, you know, a safe place for the community. Yeah, so I think it goes kind of both ways. I've noticed, like, the last few years going to WeHo, it has been – you know, more straight people, but also we can't assume people's sexualities. So um, sometimes it is hard to know. Um, And I think it even goes with the same thing with pride festivals, like a lot of Mm -hmm. allies come and sometimes it is um, hard, you know, especially if you're trying to meet someone or if you're trying to date or, you know, whatever the reason it can sometimes feel a little um, difficult. Yeah. Um, but I do think it is important that if people are being good allies, they are showing, you know, that they're supportive and being respectful. I don't think there's anything wrong with straight people going to gay bars and going to drag shows and paying, you know, yes. livable wages to people and tipping their bartenders and <laughs> tipping the strippers or whatever, like the dancers. Yeah, the dancers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of them are, <laughs> but, but yes. most of them are dancers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, you know what I mean. So I think it's so important to be able to monetarily support the community. Mm, um, okay. And so I think also looking at, at it from that way can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do realize like one thing that I did notice about WeHo that I was kind of talking about earlier is that it is mostly gay focused bars, whereas um, I feel like it is harder to find maybe like lesbian center bars mm. or people suffer bisexual people or pansexual or you know whatever you identify as um a lot of it is gay focused which is you know great and inclusive but um I feel like sometimes a lot of women on the scene can have issues or not issues but they might not fit feel like they fit because they're going to these gay bars there's a lot of men there stuff like that but they're not really able to I guess meet their match um so I do think or I do wish that there were more like lesbian center bars maybe I just haven't been to any um but I feel like that would be helpful to see that but I do think that um allies going to pride or going to gay bars or doing any of that um I think as long as they're being actual allies and actual good people Mm -hmm. and having good intentions with what they do I don't think there's anything wrong with it um can it be sometimes annoying to the actual queer people that might want to date or might be looking for, you know, friends? Um, I think it's very difficult to find friends that are within the community as well. So um, can that be a little bit difficult? Yeah, but I don't think it's a reason that people shouldn't go. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think it's important that even if someone does seem like they are in a straight presenting relationship, that doesn't mean, like, their partner is straight. It doesn't mean... um, really anything um so I think that's also really important and also knowing that straight couples can still be a part of the LGBT plus community as well whether one of the partners is trans whether the other partner 
might identify as bisexual, pansexual, or queer in general, um, just know that even if someone does look straight, doesn't mean they are straight. Um, and I just think also WeHo was created, yeah, for the gay people to be open, to be themselves, but I think it also just shows us all um, that it's okay to be yourself and that it's okay to be open and it's okay to yeah. spread this in more ways than one. Yeah. And I just remember going to Pride in San Francisco and that being one of the first places where I could be myself and I could feel free and I could mingle with people that looked like me or acted like me or anything like that. And every time I've gone to or not every time, but most of the times I've gone to Pride in San Francisco, I've gone with allies. I've gone with straight people. Right. Um, and they were supportive and they were there and everything was fine. And so I am thankful to have like allies as friends because yeah. I might not have been able to do that on my own at that time. So I feel like it can be helpful to be a good ally. Mm. Um, so if you are an ally, um, you know, something that you can do is like, Go to, with your friends to these events if they feel comfortable or, you know, having a pride party if you're, if people are vaccinated and, or something, you know, mm-hmm. definitely if you're vaccinated. But, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just hard because I'm not doing any pride events this year because of, you know, pandemic still. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is as much as pride as I'm getting, but, um, I do think it's important to, you can be a good ally in so many ways, checking in on your friends. Right. Um, since we're also talking about being a good ally, I'm just going to throw this in here, too. Um, I don't know if this is a topic, but rainbow <laughs> capitalism. Do not fall into it. So I, I don't know if this is a topic, but I need to bring it up. <laughs> so rainbow capitalism is really bad. Um, so basically what a lot of these companies are doing is for Pride Month, they're putting rainbows on everything. They're mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're not actually donating to queer or gay people um and so that's a or or like uh non-profits or like anything that could actually benefit the community yeah and so what I recommend doing is if you do want to be a good ally and support the community is to support actual queer people whether it's their businesses whether it's or centers LGBTQ centers women's shelters men's shelters yeah yeah or whether it's um you know, supporting the people directly. There's also so many good places to donate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Trevor Project is one that everyone talks yeah, about. Um, they're doing that YouTube thing, I think, next weekend. Oh, oh, I didn't yeah, know that. It's, like, a huge fundraiser where they got literally every, like, major mm-hmm. um, LGBTQ plus uh, YouTuber to be involved. Like, Elle Mills, Gigi mm-hmm. Gorgeous... Um, Eugene uh, for the Machai guys, which I love him, mm-hmm. um, and just like a bunch of people. Um, and yeah, they're all doing like either special videos and it's going to be streaming. I think it's June 25th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and then also every major city, um, I think for the most part, also has like an LGBTQ center. So there's one in Los Angeles. I know there's obviously mm-hmm. some in New York, wherever you are. Um, donating resources is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really recommend donating directly to a company that you resonate with and not falling into the rainbow capitalism. Um, yeah. The, if you, if you want to support 
and you want to show that you're an ally and you actually want to do something instead of going to Target and buying that, you know, shirt that says pride across the, the front, thinking that you're going to do, I actually don't know Target's initiative. I'm sure they're actually donating, I but, think they are, but... Uh, but more talking about the other superficial companies, um, instead of buying that shirt, thinking that you're doing good for someone in the community, just actually donate you know, mm -hmm. to an organization that is actually helping and was helping before the month of June. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I think that's another thing is a lot of companies for the month of June, they put their flags out and they're like, we're here mm -hmm. and then that's it. So I think it's very important to also make sure that the companies that you are supporting also have like, you know, models or if it's fashion companies, whatever it is, just look at what they're doing all year round and make sure it resonates with what you are are doing and mm -hmm. so I feel like that's also really important to mention yeah for sure I didn't even think about that um okay the next thing I want to talk about um so before we go into this mm -hmm. I just wanted to ask you if you're comfortable um I know you said it a little bit before but just reminding um or just saying it again uh what do you identify as your sexual yes. orientation so I'm bisexual um that is what yeah. <laughs> um, and the reason why I'm asking this is not just like some random time to ask this. Um, but there um, is a stigma and I feel like the stigma has been here for a while, but uh -huh. um, against the bisexual community and the rest of the LGBTQ plus mm -hmm. community. I feel like there are a lot of uh, gay and lesbian people out there and again I do not identify as the specific uh, sexual orientation so I don't want to speak to a general group mm -hmm. this is just my own observations as well as like research that I've done um, that believe that bisexuals as well as like even pansexual which I guess I should probably define that because I think that's kind of a new term mm -hmm. pansexual basically means you you love everyone, mm -hmm. um, whether they are a man, a woman, um, a trans man or woman, um, someone who's gender nonconforming, mm -hmm. um, pansexual, basically, I think pan derives from the Greek word like all or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you love all, um, whether no matter what their uh, sex or if they're cisgender or if they're not, if whatever gender they and then also, just to mention, bisexuality does also include um, trans people as well. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. um, so, there has been a lot of controversy saying from some people in the gay and lesbian community that bisexual people are not a thing, and it actually is harmful to the gay and lesbian community. And I... It hurts me to even say that right now, you know, because mm -hmm. um, it's very harmful to anyone, you know, to discriminate against anyone of what they feel. Um, how do you specifically feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I've noticed it a lot that people can be biphobic or say things or do things that is not appropriate. Um, and I also just feel like it's just messed up that um, even within the community, people sometimes aren't as accepting mm -hmm. um and I feel like a lot of the thought which, process which is just so crazy sorry yeah. just like think about that so like most of the the heterosexual community don't like some of the heterosexual community those who are not allies mm -hmm. are against you and now some people in your own community are against you like that must be very isolating and just like 
I don't know, mind-boggling, like, I'm a part of this community, but you don't want me part of this community that's already a vulnerable community? Like, Mm -hmm. what? It's very capitalistic. (laughs) Yeah, and I I was gonna say, to me, it's very, like, misogynistic, too, Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's taking people's agency away, in a sense, like, to Mm -hmm. be like, oh, you can't like this person, or you can't do this, or trying to be, I guess, controlling of the rhetoric, and for me, I just feel like, Um, It is just so important for people to be able to express themselves however they want and however they see fit. And I think the stereotypes around bisexual people are really harmful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of it is also subconscious, which can also ruin relationships or ruin things. Um, For example, some people think that, you know, since you're attracted to, you know, a lot of different people that you could be a cheater or that you could be hypersexual or you Mm -hmm. can be all these things and or like just because I'm bisexual I'm attracted to anything that walks into the door like that's not true like yeah and I think that's what we were kind of mentioning earlier is that attraction is still a real thing like for example just because you're bisexual you're not going to be attracted to every person you see like that's Mm. not a thing and I think a lot of people (laughs) A lot of people get like, I don't know, offended or like get weirded out sometimes when you tell them that because they think like they're like attracted to you or whatever. And it's like, no, like I'm just I'm just having a conversation. So right. I think that's where it gets hard. And I think a lot of straight men also have issues with it, um, which mm-hmm. I don't really I don't understand. <laughs> um, But they also can get weird either being like jealous I feel like the jealousy thing can also come up which I don't again I don't understand like I feel like it's this rhetoric that people try to paint that like people are cheaters or stuff like that which again like it goes back to who you are as a person like if Mm -hmm. you are not a cheater you're not going to cheat on your partner like yeah if if you're happy in your relationship like it goes back to a lot of internal um you know reflecting rather than like yeah sexuality (laughs) yeah and I think sometimes people might not want to hang out with you um because of it or because they have their own issues but just know that it's their own insecurities and it has nothing to do with you Mm -hmm. and um just know that when the coming coming out process is it can be you know difficult and it is sometimes hard to open up to people so um you know just know that to be secure in yourself and just know that um, it's okay to be who you are and don't let anyone try to tell you you shouldn't be who you are. Yeah. Speaking of coming out, mm-hmm. um, so again, like I mentioned earlier uh, and like throughout this month, uh, this month is about friends. And like mm-hmm. obviously you're one of my oldest friends. Like we've been friends for a very long time. Um, and now that I'm really thinking about it, and we were talking a little bit about it before, Mm -hmm. I don't remember you ever formally coming out to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't remember us sitting down and having a conversation. Um, and I realize now that a lot of friendships, a lot of people that you might've grown up with, or maybe people you just meet, um, your friends may come out to you, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe informally come out to you and just be like, oh, my partner or like, Mm -hmm. oh, I have a crush on, you know, and -and so-and-so or whatever. And, and I feel like in this day and age, like that is obviously like pretty acceptable now. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of the norm, but 
people are still a little awkward on like what to do next or like should they ask something like or should you know like or how should they react to a friend coming out and I thought be I thought it'd be really cool to kind of just discuss it because I feel like you you never really formally came out to me Mm -hmm. but like and maybe give some advice to those who are just who want to come out to their friends or if they're on the reciprocating end of one of their friends coming out to them like how should they respond but yeah I can't really think of a time where you have like said it to me Mm -hmm. um I think we kind of just were talking about it one day and I was like okay yeah like whatever it doesn't change our relationship it doesn't change like how I view you it doesn't it literally didn't change a single thing (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um is that an appropriate response? Would you have liked me to be like, oh my God, like, that's so great? Or like, what What do you, what do you advise for people? I think for everyone, it's really personal. Um, I think for me personally, like, I think the least response was good. Like, I think sometimes it's hard when, like for me personally, when people start asking a bunch of questions because... Um, I know sometimes it's just like they're trying to educate themselves or they're trying to figure out what's going on or whatever, but I feel like sometimes when the questions happen, it feels, it can feel like you're explaining yourself and I think sometimes that's hard. So sometimes I think it is. Especially if you don't have it all figured out. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, I feel like that's someone like asking you like, what do you want to do in your life? And you're kind of like, well, I kind of like this, you know what I mean? But like there's like no set plan like you don't know I don't know is is that how the experience is you know I feel like it's just hard because you just don't know how people are going to react to things okay and you just don't know I think sometimes it's like you don't know if people are going to take you serious or not and I know that sounds Mm -hmm. like weird but I think for me it was kind of hard coming out because it's like I felt like sometimes, like, like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't prove it to myself. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, I feel like it was kind of just, like, you know, I feel like it would have almost been easier if I would have brought someone home and had a partner and, like, oh, okay, like, Like the validity of it. Yeah, like, I feel like that would have been easier, um, because, like, I think it was just hard when you're not really dating anyone or you don't really date people and you kind of have to, like, bring this up out of nowhere. Like, I feel like it's a little bit different when you're already dating your partner and they're there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm just going off of, like, my experience. But I definitely feel like... Um, Do you feel like people would have, like, tried to be like, no, you're not? Like, you've never dated a girl. How how would you know? You know what I mean? I mean, I had had some people ask me that. Like, how did okay. I know? But I think it was more of just, like, are you sure type thing. Which, like, for me, I think it's kind of hard. Because it's, like, if you've been going back about this for, like, your whole life, it's, like, you're pretty sure. Like Yeah. And I mean, I personally don't think it's a choice. Like, yeah. I know, obviously, there's a lot of debate and a lot mm-hmm. of stuff out there, but I truly believe that people are born the way that they're born, you know? And, um, yeah. You know, I also believe, again, that everything is on a spectrum, that yeah. we shouldn't really have to define ourselves as one thing. If you want to, fine, but, like, there, we should be open to a spectrum of things, but... Yeah. Um, 
I feel sad. I, I don't, I don't want, I mean, I, it, it makes me feel sad that you had to have those conversations, um, and not feel validated, you know? Yeah, but I also think I did have a lot of validating conversations too, and, um, I think that was, like, also really helpful, and I just think for most people, I just don't ever talk about it, which mm. might, I don't know. Some- Do you wish you talked more about it? Um... I sometimes like we kind of talk about it but we don't talk about it like in depth like that yeah like do you wish you had friends you did yeah I think that's what's hard is like at Davis I had like my gay community and I don't have it here Mm. and I think that's what's really hard because they were just like the people that were experiencing the same things that I was experiencing that we were able to like like, I don't know, I just remember the stuff that I used to do in college before I came out and before my friends came out, and it was just, like, I just remember, like, we would go to, like, Sacramento and, like, take an Uber and, like, go to these (laughs) gay bars and, like, not tell anyone we were going and, like, I don't know, it was just, like, such a mess, and I think about it and I'm, like, I, like, I just, like, I can't, like, I can't believe, like, I was so insecure with myself, I can't believe, like, I was so afraid of showing, like, the world who I truly was Mm -hmm. and I miss having that and I think that's what's hard about being here sometimes is I don't have that and I think it's also hard having to tell people that have known you your whole life and that know you better than they than you know yourself it's Mm -hmm. hard to have to tell those people the truth and be Mm -hmm. honest with them and so and like have that relationship Knowing that that might change some relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that must be terrifying, you know? Like, especially, obviously, like, back here. And it, it's crazy because this is obviously one of the most liberal places in the world, you know, in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, that fear of, like, the unknown of how someone is going to respond. Yeah, And I think that's why I felt so comfortable when I went to the, or every time I go to the Bay, because it's just like, I don't know, I think LA is diverse, I think SoCal is diverse, but then every time I go to Northern California and the Bay, I'm just like, we don't even know anything about diversity here. So I think that's also like, it's just a cultural thing too. Yeah, Um, I feel like you just haven't found your community out here. Like, I I feel like I even have, like, a community, not just of allies, but those who are in the community, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And But I established that relationship in college, you know? And so, yeah, I just think that you need to find your community down here. um, And obviously, like, I'll support you in whatever you want to do. Let's go to WeHo. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go to WeHo with you. I love that. I know. <laughs> um, but do you have any advice uh, for maybe coming out later in life? Um, we'll start there. And then maybe um, any advice for those when you come out to friends and, like, how that response should be? Yeah. So I think just in general, like, whether it's your parents or, you know, whoever, I think it's just really important to honest with them to just sit down and have a conversation with them and let them know um I feel like just being open and honest is really important and I also feel like explaining like if they're not like super like young or whatever like I don't I can't think of the word but like (laughs) 
you might have to explain to them what these terms mean. Like, they might not mm-hmm. understand. So, Tell them to watch the beginning of the video. Yes. <laughs> or the, the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, and so, <laughs> yes, definitely show them that. And But, yeah, I feel like that can sometimes be, like, confusing. Or not confusing, but they could be wondering, like, have questions about that. Like, oh, like, you know, asking follow-up questions for more clarity. So, I think being clear about, you know, if you know what you identify as explaining it and how what it means to you and whatever it is you need to let them know, I think is super important. Um, And coming out to friends, I don't know if it's harder or easier. I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I think it's hard because I never really gotten a response from friends. So I just (laughs) feel like it's really hard to even say, but I don't know. I feel like, and I feel like part of the reason why I never really had a response is because I don't want to say like, oh, it's because I've always knew, but it was just like, yeah, I guess I just didn't know what you wanted our response to be, you know? Yeah. And you, I feel like you were talking about it so nonchalantly that that's the response that you wanted. And so it was like, okay, like, and like I said, like, it's not like it changed anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, our conversations didn't change and, like, you know, what we were doing or what we were, you know, living, like, it was, I don't really feel like anything changed. Like, we were still here for you. When I mean we, obviously, like, me and, like, our core group of friends. Um, You know, but I definitely think some people will probably have a little bit of a harder time with it yeah and so just that rhetoric of like I'm here as a friend and I support you and um again I think a lot of people think that their the relationship is going to change mm-hmm. so reassuring them that this doesn't change anything you know we're still friends and this doesn't it doesn't change our relationship yeah. um and then what they want from it. Do you want a big party? You know, um, do you want to go celebrate pride? Like what, what can we do to support you? I think is an appropriate response. Um, or if it's more low key, um, just being like, okay, all right. You know, and then kind of, again, just not being, I guess, weird when it's like brought up again. It may be new and it may be a little awkward at the beginning. But again, I think going back to our conversations that we were having earlier, like just be direct, like Mm -hmm. just with like, you're not sure what someone's pronouns are, just ask them, you know, like, like Imani, are you, are you talking to that girl? Are you talking to that guy? Like what's Mm -hmm. going on? Or like, um, is this someone that's serious, you know, like just any other questions like you would normally ask someone about their partner, you know, and just be direct. And I think it's also important to use gender inclusive language too, because Mm -hmm. I feel like so many times I would have friends that would like only ask about guys Mm -hmm. and I don't think they realized they were doing it intentionally. Mm -hmm. And then I, like I say partner. And then I Mm -hmm. had like a friend like mention it one time where like, my friend was, like, super, like, boy crazy, and she was all like, oh, like, how are things going with guys? And I was just like, uh, and then my other friend, like, chimes in, and she's like, or girls, and I was just like, okay, well, like, nothing with either, but I appreciate it, and I feel like just being very gender-inclusive, usually I will say partner as well Mm -hmm. um, when referring to whoever, Um, and I feel like it's also important for straight people to also use the term partner as well. Some Mm -hmm. people are like, I don't want straight people to be 
saying that, but like to me, I feel like it's almost better because it makes it a more universal term. Like mm-hmm. you're just referring to whoever. Or I say um, significant other. Yeah. Like I, I always refer to Rudy as my significant other. Yeah. I do say boyfriend sometimes, but for the most part, I say significant other. Yeah. And, I, and that's the reason why, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And I just feel like it's just so much more inclusive because there are so many times where like people would just only ask about guys so that's obviously only what I would talk about because that's all they would ask Mm -hmm. and then it's like to even have someone be like oh well what about anyone else like or even like to bring that up I think is super helpful as an ally because then you can have that conversation that they might not have wanted to share or maybe they felt like okay like I do want to talk about this but I don't know how to talk about it in a way where they're not gonna get weirded out or however it is so I think by just even mentioning that, like, oh, like, are you open to dating this, or are you whatever, like, mm-hmm. just bringing that up, I feel like is so important. Yeah, for sure. Is there any other advice or anything you want to say about friendships in general? Um, I know this was the Pride, ep- Pride episode, but... Yeah, yeah. I just think um, it's important to be, like, open, like, with your friendships, because I do feel like when I was in college, um... I do feel like I was living, like, a double life. Like, I felt like I was not who I was. Like, I felt like, um, and a lot of it was just being in college, but a lot of it was just also the sorority and just so many other things, and I just... Imani was in a sorority as well. Yeah, and I dropped, but, yeah. (laughs) So, I just really think that what I want people to know or what I wish I could have told myself or all those girls that later came out and what I wish I could tell them is that you will be so much happier like living your authentic truth and you'll be so much happier living who you truly are and the people in your life will accept you so much. Um, For example, I recently came out this past week to my grandma and she had the perfect response. Um, (laughs) She basically just said that... um, I don't know she said something along the lines of like this isn't new like this isn't like what you're doing isn't anything new isn't isn't anything different and she said that you know she used to work at a pretty masculine job Mm -hmm. um and she is a very powerful woman I look up to her so much and um just to have her say you know that she had co-workers that were gay or bisexual and I found out, like, another family member was and stuff like that. And just to say that she's going to love me no matter what and saying... And she even mentioned, like, she's like, yeah, if we went to the movies and you brought, you know, your partner or whatever and you guys were holding hands, like, I wouldn't care. And, like, (laughs) it was just so nice to be able to hear that because I think so many times we're always in our head about things and we're always so worried that people aren't going to love us or accept us for who we are and... If your family really loves you and your friends really love you, they will accept you no matter what. And um, I know it's hard to come out. I know it's hard to say those words out loud. I think that's, like, my biggest issue is just, like, even saying it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like it's so important. And I just want everyone who's, like, listening just to know that you can be yourself and to know that it's okay and know that you are loved and know that you are accepted because I feel like so many people just don't feel accepted and they just feel stuck and they just feel lost and 
know that your people are out there for you and know that, you know, people that know everything about you, it's okay to grow and it's okay to change. And I feel like kind of going off your past episodes and stuff, you know, you've been talking a lot about growth and friendships and I feel like it's normal. It's normal to grow. Like there's certain things that I used to do when we were in high school that I would never do now because I'm a different (laughs) person. Like, and I think that's okay and it's acceptable. And I think so many times we try to hold on to like the old version of who we are Mm -hmm. and like, or people's perception of us. Yeah. Yeah. And a certain box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was just really living for people's perspective of who I was. And I just put myself, I put my own self in a box that I knew I didn't fit in. And I feel like that's what I feel like is so important is to not put yourself in the box and to just be yourself. Yay. (laughs) Yes. Always, always, always be your authentic self. All right. Thank you, Imani, for joining me on this Pride episode. I am going to talk a little bit about what happened in the news, um, but later on. (laughs) And I might have an outfit change. (laughs) Um, So let's go ahead and say goodbye to Imani. Say goodbye. Bye. (laughs) And let's go ahead and jump into the news. Okay, let's go ahead and get into what happened last week. Uh, For those of you who are watching... I completely changed locations, outfits, like everything. Um, so I am in a new setting. If you want to click on to the YouTube video, um, yeah, it's a, it's a completely new setting than what I once was right now with Imani. Um, first and foremost, happy Father's Day to everybody yesterday who is a father figure. Hope everybody had a pretty nice and decent day. Um, I did. I went to breakfast uh, with my dad and my family and then just like barbecued the rest of the day and it was chill, you know, everything, it was fine. Um, and then going into sports, um, so basketball is starting to close out. They're going through, um, their conference finals, the Clippers (laughs) made it to the Western conference finals, uh, which is the first time they've done this in franchise history. And that's just wild to me. And that's all I'll say about that that the Clippers are in the Western Conference Finals. Um, This upcoming week, um, cycling starts for the Tour de France, which is the biggest event in cycling, and I really like cycling, um, so I'll be reporting on that. Um, Probably not next week's episode, but probably the week after that. Um, The Tour de France is about a month long, um, and it's such an intense and, like, crazy event. So if you don't know what that is, it's, I believe going to be on NBC. Tune in and watch it. It's, it's super, I think super exciting and super competitive. And I mean, obviously just like any other sport, professional sport, um, going into TV and movies. So iCarly had a reboot. I thought it was just a reunion when I saw like the advertisement for it, but no, it's like a full blown show that they made on Paramount plus. I haven't seen it. I really want to watch it because I got good reviews. Um, it's, I guess, purposely made for people who watched iCarly as kids and are now adults. Um, so that the content kind of changed and it's more relevant and already has like a target audience, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, I'm going to have to check it out. I, I, I just couldn't cause I don't have Paramount plus. So I'm thinking about investing in it. Um, I saw Luca this past weekend, uh, the new Disney plus movie, um, that released, if you have Disney plus, you can just watch it. 
don't have to pay for it. Um, I thought it was really cute. I don't think it was as good as like Raya. Like Raya also came out this year. Raya, I forget what it is now. Um, like I feel like that movie was really good. This one was okay. It was, I don't feel like it was as good, but it was still a really cute movie. I would recommend. Um, also the new episode of Loki just came out this past week. No spoilers there. Mostly because I'm just so confused. Like I, I don't know what's going on. Um, so I'm going to wait one more week to really like do a deep dive into that because I'm just so confused. I don't know what's going on. Um, and then I also saw In the Heights on HBO Max, and I know I talked about it last week, how I thought it might be a little gimmicky, and I watched it, and it was a little gimmicky, y'all, at least in my personal opinion. I I think I have an issue with um, some musicals trying to become feature films. I just think it loses its magic a little bit, especially like for people who who are like me who ha- don't know what In the Heights is about and didn't see it on the stage. And so all I have is this feature film to go off of. And it's a little, I don't know, it just like is not hitting the spot for me. So I don't know. I didn't really like it. Um, going into what happened in politics and in California, um, Juneteenth was named a national holiday, uh, which left a lot of people feeling bittersweet about it, you know? Obviously, this is a good step in uh, in the right direction. However, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. Um, just, like, basic needs of having equal voter rights um, in some states and, you know, just a lot of injustice that needs to be fixed, Um so yeah, I feel like including me as an ally, it left a, a bitter sweet taste in my mouth. And then the last thing I really want to mention is that California reopened, um, quote unquote, reopened on June 15th. Uh, there are no capacity limitations anymore. Uh, the mask mandate was lifted, so you don't have to wear your mask um, if you're fully vaccinated indoor or outdoor. And it was a really weird feeling this past week because I would walk into some places and like some people weren't wearing masks and some people were shaming other people for wearing masks. I guess what my biggest issue is, is I don't want things to 100% return to the way that they were. And what I mean by that is mostly with social distancing. I feel like I went to Target this past weekend and I was in the closing section just like walking around and this girl came and grabbed a dress like that was literally right in front of me, the one that I was looking at, didn't say anything and like literally reached over me, touched me and then hit me with the dress as she pulled it away. And I kind of just looked at her like, excuse you, like and she didn't say anything and just kind of walked away like she made eye contact with me and then just walked away. And I was a little confused and like I jumped back because I was scared like that somebody was so close to me that I didn't know. And it made me realize a couple things. Um, well, really, I guess one main thing that maybe we've lost our social skills a little bit. Like she didn't even say sorry or anything. She kind of looked at me like she was scared and then like walked away like she didn't know what to do. And she was an adult like, you know, like she looked like it. I don't know. It was kind of weird. And then when I was in the Target like checkout line this woman behind me literally no social distancing kept pushing her back her cart into my back like that is not six feet ma'am 
and I know social distancing kind of went out the door, but I think that's one of the things that needs to say, <laughs> at least for my sanity, please. I don't know. The, the, that's what's like bothering me right now. I just wish we all would give each other a little bit more space and like that stays after the pandemic. Um, other than that, I'll keep you updated on how I feel about that every week of California reopening to normal. Um, but yeah, that was this week's episode. I really hope that you all enjoyed it. Um, our conversations, our, you know, terms that we defined, um, I'm really, really excited to hear your feedback when this episode goes up. Um, I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be an educational one, if anything. Um, and I hope that you learned something. And I hope that, you, if anything, you found a little bit more understanding, maybe some sympathy, some empathy in there. Uh, and that's really why I wanted to put out an episode like this. So please make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and leave a review, all of those things. Next week, I'm bringing on my best friend of 20 plus years um, to just wrap up the month of talking about friendship. We're going to play a game um, as well as just like have a candid conversation. <laughs> um, I'm sure it will lead to some things, you know, especially probably walking down memory lane. So stay tuned for that next week. Um, there won't be an episode the week after July 5th for the July 4th holiday just putting that out there and yeah thank you for listening for this to this week's episode and this was honestly hannah